everybody to thrive uh, just on to your neighbor wherever you, you are on your right and on your left and say good evening and welcome to thrive uh, we, we thank God for your lives we thank God for another day and another opportunity to come together in God's presence to come and share the Word of God uh, we're excited to be here if today's your very first time joining us online uh, we say thank you for coming uh, just indicate in the chat room, wherever it is you are, that this is your first time and the online pastors will be reaching out to you on your next steps. And uh, for everybody, once again, thank you for joining us for Tribe. All right. Uh, we'll be going straight into uh, what we'll be sharing today. Uh, for those that have been following us, and uh, you, you will know that for some weeks now, we started an in-depth study on the book of Ephesians, and it's been a very interesting journey. We've been learning, we've been digging deep, diving straight into the Word of God, chewing this, uh, this book, Ephesians, chewing it, and, you know, it's been very refreshing. It's, very, uh, it's been very um, exhilarating, you know. Uh, there's a lot of revelations, a lot of things that has been uh, brought to uh, my attention in particular. All right, so today we'll be taking on Ephesians chapter 5 from verse 1 to 14. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5 from verse 1 to 14. It's actually like a follow-up from where we, where we left it up last week. You know, uh, if, if I was to summarize last week and today's own, uh, it's more, more or less, I would call it like the old life and the new life. You know, uh, picking up from, I mean, talking about us generally as believers, as new believers, uh, what was our old life like? And now that we are new believers, what should this new life be all about? All right. So, like I said, Ephesians 5, 1 to 14, that's where we're going to be kicking off uh, for today. Uh, Pastor Ebami did a fantastic job. And all the pastors and ministers that has been taking us on this journey right from inception has been amazing. Let's put our hands together for the Lord, for every one of them. Praise God. All right. Ephesians chapter 5, I'll just run through very quickly. It says, Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes. These are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater. Ayah. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshipping the things of this world. 
Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins. For the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Don't participate in the things these people do. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It is shameful even to talk about the things that, God, that ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said, Awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. May the Lord bless the reading, the hearing, and the understanding of his word in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Alright, for those of you that may be joining us for the very first time, or if you are out there, as we begin to teach, if you have a question, please feel free to drop the question in the chat box, in the chat room, wherever, uh, on whichever platform you are joining in at, uh, could be uh, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, whatever platform you are joining on the social media, just drop in your questions there. The online pastors will do well to send it to, across to us uh, by the time we are done with the teaching, where we are going to have a Q&A uh, session, then we'll be able to deal with it, we'll, do, we'll, we'll be able to deal with those questions at that point. So please, at any point in time, just drop in the question. I also want to encourage everybody that we get very active, even as we are online. You know, the more activity, uh, get, get very active. If you catch a revelation or something catches your fancy as we are talking, I mean, comment, pass a comment there, whatever. It's, just get very active online so that we can uh, get traffic to be able to watch uh, this service. Praise God. Okay. The first verse in verse 1 there says, Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. You know, when we started this teaching, we, uh, Pastor, Pastor Balaji took the first uh, parts of these teachings and um, he explained in great details the city of Ephesians, the city of Ephesus, rather, that the Ephesians were living in. The people of Ephesus had once called Ephesians. You know, the, the city was a, a very well-developed city. It was a very fast-growing city. It was a coastal city. Um, by, by today's standards, you would want to rate it as a very modern city. And, 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 and just like um, is synonymous to most uh, modern cities, you, 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 you have a lot of people that do things based on logic. You have a lot of people that are, I mean, they, they, are, they, are, they are very creative. They, 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 they come up with new ideas of how to do things. As a matter of fact, that's what makes some that's what makes a lot of cities to develop. Creativity. So, I mean, when people keep coming in, they identify problems, they solve the problems, they fix the problems, and the city keeps growing and getting better and better. You know, so the city of Ephesus was a flourishing and thriving city. And the air was poor, writing to them and saying, Hey guys, now that you have moved from the old life, which is what we dealt with in the last two weeks, you know, now you are in the new life. What should you do in the, under this kind of city, under this kind of conditions? Imitate God. 
imitate God. These people were well advanced, very enlightened. And here was Apostle Paul saying, imitate God. Paul told them that they have to set their standard of living as not unto following men, but rather following God. It's very easy to, to I'm in that kind of city to, for everyone to have like a mentor or to have someone that you're looking up to, someone you want to be like. Very easy. But here, Apostle Paul is saying, no, don't look unto man. Because man is going to, de- is going to derail you, he's going to misdirect you, which, is, which we'll be talking about later on as we go. How being in a modern city has its own issues, has its own um, challenges or peculiarities, if, if, I'm, if, I'm, if I can use that kind of word. You know, so here was Paul saying, don't follow the men. Don't follow the world standards. Don't follow what everybody, in quote, has considered as the new norm. That this is how things are done now. No, no, no. Apostle Paul was saying to them, imitate God. Imitate God. We're not, he didn't say just adore God. He didn't say worship God. He didn't say respect God. He didn't say uh, uh, learn about God. He didn't say um, imitate God. He, 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 he said imitate God. Imitate God. Be like God. Why should we be like God? Uh, because when they said, because you are his dear children. And that got me thinking, how children, if you've dealt with children before, you know that children, they learn faster. They learn the easiest way by imitating, by copying. By copying. They learn the, the easiest way for them to embrace anything. If you want a child to run at 10, second, 10, 10 meters per second, faster than losing boats, run 10 meters per second. You will see how easily it will be for that kind of child to break the barriers. If you want a child to do the impossible, you try and do that impossible, and you will see that your child will push towards breaking that barrier. In the 70s, it was, in the 70s, in the 60s, you know, there was this guy that ran in the Olympics called Jesse Owens. He was the first person to clock 10 seconds. And at that point, the general knowledge was that it was physically impossible for man to run 10 seconds. In, sorry, to run 100 meters. It's coincidence now that we're even in, in the Olympics, in the Olympics, where the Olympics is currently running. Jesse, Jesse Owens was, he ran 10 seconds thereabout, and it was, it was the fastest man on the, on, 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 the, on the track that particular period. And the whole world felt that, okay, physically, man was not possible to break that barrier. A few years down the line, Carl Lewis broke it. A few years down the line, it became easy. Now, the, best, the, the fastest time in the world is below 10 seconds, 9.51. And, it's, and right now, there are guys pushing to break that barrier. How? Why? Because once a record is set, or once a, a challenge is thrown, people are just naturally geared up to say, okay, let me go more. Let me do more. And here, the same way, God is saying, as little children, seeing that these this are standards, these are standards as been set, don't copy the world. Copy me. Copy me. Let me be the one to set the standards for you. Imitate me. The way of the world 
Okay, yeah. So God is saying, do as I do, not do as I say. So, so God is saying, do as I do, not the way the world is saying, do as I do, don't do, do as I say. Do as I do and do as I say. Take ownership of your life. Represent me. Represent me. Be like me. You know? We, we should be representatives of God. When we imitate him, we can be as God in the lives of the people that God has put around us. We can be as God in the lives of the people that God has set around us. Amen? Praise the Lord. The people around us, when they see us imitating God, they should be in a position where they want to, they, they are constantly reminded, when, when they see how we live our lives, when they see what we are doing for them, when they see what we are doing in our society, they should be reminded just by the, the fact that they are seeing us imitating God, they should be reminded constantly that God exists. That is what God is saying, that we should imitate him. They should be able to know that God exists based on the lives that we live. This is the mandate that God has given us. This is our, our calling. We have to take it upon ourselves to find on a day-by-day basis to be deliberate about how to imitate God, how to represent God in our lives. We have to be deliberate about it. Praise the Lord. We have to make it a goal to do a good deed every day. We should be looking for opportunities to represent God. We should be looking for opportunities to imitate God. Opportunities does not have to be a million dollars. doesn't have to be a million naira. It doesn't have to be a hundred thousand. doesn't even have to be fifty thousand. doesn't have to be ten thousand. You could see someone on the call. You can see that it's an important call, for example. And is the person is apprehensive, talking. And suddenly runs out of credit. And as you can see, the person is frustrated at that time. And saying, oh God, I'm out of credit. There's no place to buy credit. And wait for the person to finish the call. Because it's important to the person. The person will thank you. You will see a big glowing thank you on the, on that person's, on, from that person. Simple things like that. You are in your yard or your community or wherever it is you, you're living, your compound. And you bring out your clothes to do your laundry. And your neighbor is there with you. Ask him, okay, can I do your laundry? I've got some extra free time on my hand. You are at work, your neighbor, your colleague tells you, oh, I have to take my car out for servicing tomorrow. Oh, I'm going to be careless. Offer to come and pick the person at home. If it's on your way, offer. That's how God is saying, imitate me. Be the solution to the, person, to the people's problems around you. Be the solution to the problem. Don't just look and identify challenges and look away. Be the solution to problems. Be the solution to problems. It is extremely rewarding to see a smile on someone's face and know that you are part of putting that smile there. It's extremely rewarding. And that is how we imitate God, by being representatives of God in their lives, by imitating God in their lives. Praise the Lord. Verse 2. Verse 2 says, Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. 
He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. The ultimate show of love is exemplified to us by God, and the ultimate show of love is by giving. Of course, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever will believe should not perish but have everlasting life. This is the foundation of our faith. God shows us love by constantly giving. And this is what Apostle Paul is admonishing the people of the Ephesians and saying, live a life filled with love. Love means that we should be willing to give. Jesus came serving the people God brought into his life and ultimately sacrificed his life for us all. Sacrifice is the ultimate expression of love. Jesus kept giving and giving until he gave himself for our, our sin. You know, I was watching a video, um, I was watching a video, uh, I think a few days ago, and it was a video by a, okay, so there was this Christian guy who was trying to talk to a, obviously the whole video was um, recorded by some Muslims, you know, trying to send a message across, but obviously they didn't understand what they were trying to do. So this, in quote, Christian, was trying to talk to this Muslim, saying, oh, my God sent his innocent son to come and die for your sin. And the Muslim guy says, hey, what are you talking about? How can you tell me that me, a sinner, your God looked upon me, then sent his son, his innocent son, who didn't do anything and killed his son so that I might live. What kind of God is that? Isn't that a wicked God? He didn't say that, but that's what he was trying to insinuate. He said, let me tell you about my God. My God tells me that he can save me without anybody dying. And they ended the skits, the video at that point. And I laughed. I said, hey, these guys don't understand that in the, even in the, in, in the spiritual realm, there is always an exchange. There is always an exchange. Pastor has taught us this over and over. There's always an exchange. Nothing goes for nothing. Something always has to be exchanged for something. In the instance of our sin, Jesus' life had to be given. I mean, people struggle, people struggle with this, accepting this fact. But the reality is that even in normal contract law, the little I know of contract law, there's something called consideration in every transaction. So what it means, I mean, if uh, lawyers are there, please correct me if I'm wrong. But what it means, that word consideration, what it simply means is that I can look upon you and say, hey, I'm going to give you a house, a whole house, five-bedroom duplex in Lucky Phase 1. Someone is saying amen. Yeah. <laughs> I said, I'm going to give you, in legal terms, even though I can say, okay, I'm going to give you free of charge, but there has to be something in exchange. There has to be something in consideration. Why am I giving you? It has, if there is no reason, then legally what they will say is that there should be some form of exchange, even if it is just one naira. Even if it is just one naira. There has to be that exchange because once that exchange is there, so I can now give you a receipt and say, okay, I'm giving you this, I'm selling this house to you 
for one era. So long as there's an exchange and there's a value that has been changed, bam, the contract is sealed. And that's the same thing on the spiritual realm. Nothing goes for nothing. So when Jesus realized that there was sin in this world, when God realized that there was sin reigning and people were going to go to hell without them being saved, he had to give his son for the past, the present, and the future sins of the world. Praise the Lord. The world doesn't understand it, and I hope that they will do in the mighty name of Jesus. Because it is also, an, it's a, God, Jesus, God can do that only because of the love that he has for us, the genuine love that he has for us. So Apostle Paul was saying, live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. Each time that we show this love and we also go to the point of sacrificing for others, the truth is that it is a pleasing aroma to God, just as the sacrifice of Jesus was a pleasing aroma to God. The sacrifices that we're talking about today could be our time, it could be our intellect, it could be our resources, it could be our connections, our links that we use to help the people around us, that we use to support the people that are helpless around us. Imitate God in their lives. Praise God. We move on very quickly to verse 3 and 4. It says, Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. Amen. Um... <laughs> You know, the first thing that struck me when I read this, uh, when, I, when I read this was that I'm like, okay, sexual immorality, impurity, greed. These three things look like three things on like three extremes. But how come they are lumped together as under, like under one category? And the reason I could find was because every of these three types of sins is sitting on the foundation of self. When you are just thinking about yourself alone, that's when you indulge in sexual immorality, impurity, and of course, greed. It's when someone is in a position where all you are thinking about is just you and you alone. What are the types of sexual immorality and impurity that we see in the world today? Number one is common one around us now. It's so common that I mean, it's, it's, it's alarming. Homosexuality. Homosexuality. Last week, there was a video that was launched in, um, in New York, but um, I think because of a lot of outcry, the video was eventually pulled down from the site. But of course, it's, once it's got to the internet, you can't, uh, you can't take it off again. So the video was, uh, was done by some people that call themselves the uh, San Francisco Gay Choir. And they were singing a song saying that they are not bothered about this generation that doesn't want them. All they are interested in is our, their children, not, our, not my own children, not our children, not those of us listening there in the mighty name of Jesus. That all they are interested in is the children. That are going to sow seeds that will make the children to be appealing to them. That will make the children to be receptive to them. And once they sow that seed, then their agenda continues to expand. You know? So that is how common it is right now. Homosexuality, incest. Father sleeping with child, child sleeping with uh, son sleeping with mother, mother sleeping with daughter, and on and on. Incest, pedophilias, pedophilia, 
It's the concept of when an adult just enjoys only having turkey sausage from children. Praise the Lord. Bestiality is another example when, example when uh, you see human beings wanting to have uh, sexual relations with animals. Pornography, of course, and a whole lot of, a lot of other ones. Sexual immorality and, uh, uh, and impurity examples. Greed, of course, wraps all of this up because all these are born, all greed, sexual immorality, and impurity, they are born out of self-gratification. Not born out of self-gratification. Not thinking about others, but thinking about yourself alone. That's the foundation. Any of these examples that I cited, you, 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 you think you, are, uh, you, you want to be gay or you want to be a lesbian, you're only thinking about yourself. You're not thinking about your society. You're not thinking about even the partner that you, are dealing, that you want to choose. You're only thinking about, oh, my pleasure, my, what I like, what I, I, I. Self-gratification. Someone is in an incestual relationship. It is still about, hi, I want to satisfy myself. And I'll do it with this person, irrespective of the fact that it's my daughter or my son. I, still the same thing. Pedophilia, same thing. Bestiality, same thing. It's all sitting on the foundation of I. And Apostle Paul is saying, let these things not be found among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. So take them out. Again, if you remember, we said at the foundation that the, uh, the church in Ephesians, the Ephesus city, the city of Ephesus, was a modern city. So if you relate it to today's world, relate it to the biggest cities around the world today, you can see that the challenges that they had back then is almost the same thing as we're having today. For Apostle Paul to be talking about these things, obviously, it was happening at that time. We move very quickly to verse 5. So, okay, so before we go, how do we, how do we then deal with these issues? The scriptures also says it there. How do we deal with this? What, what do we do to um, counter this uh, sexual immorality, impurity, and greed. You know, I said it's all about sits on self-gratification. And self-gratification stems from ingratitude. When you are not grateful for where you are, you are not grateful for who you are, you are not grateful for what you are. That's when you begin to think and want to just be something else, want to, want to do something else, want to you try, you know, all these things. So... If you can move your mindset from the, that point of ingratitude to thankfulness, because that's what the scripture says. Yeah, it says, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. So what they're saying is that replace all these things that you're trying to do with thankfulness to God. Replace it with thankfulness to God. And that is the solution. If they are not replaced, the truth is that they will fester and they will grow. And that will not be our portion in the mighty name of Jesus. Verse 5 says, you can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. So if you let it fester, this is where it's going to lead you. The essence of Jesus even coming to die will be wasted on, 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 on your life. So if you know you're dealing with this Sins move away. Stop it today. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater. Hmm. Ayah. Greed. 
idolatry. That is how God sees it. Because it's essentially you worshipping yourself. Saying it's all about me, myself, and I. Nobody else matters. Nobody else's opinion matters. It's all about what I think. It's all about what I care. It's all about what I want. It's all about me, me, and me. Me, myself, and I. And God says that is compared to idolatry. We all, I mean, we don't need to start a sermon talking about how God detests idolatry. Because that is an, a direct affront on God. It's like you're confronting God and challenging him and say, hey, God, this is what you're going to do. God is not going to take it lightly. He will fight that to the end. But you will not be, you will not be an enemy of God in the mighty name of Jesus. You can't continue to harbor these issues and coexist with the life of God. There can't be two captains in the ship. James 4 1 to 4, I'll read it very quickly. James 4, 1 to 4, it says, What is causing the quarrels and fights amongst you? Amongst you, Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. That pleasure, that the thing that you are trying to fulfill inside of you, that uh, satisfaction that you are longing for in the wrong place. If you ask God, God can satisfy you in his own way, which is good. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask and you don't get it because your motives are up, and even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. You see? You want only what will give you pleasure. You adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again. If you want to be a friend of the world, you will make yourself an enemy of God. So doing things the way the world has, has made it look okay, what, what scripture is saying is that you are turning yourself to an enemy of God. I'll move very quickly to verse 6 because it's just a continuum of what we're teaching. It says, don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins. For the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Verse 6. So in the world we are today, it's as if this sexual immorality, impurity, in a lot of places, has even been legalized, has been given a rubber stamp saying it is okay. Legalizing sin doesn't make it right in the sight of God. The fact that the system of the world today has legalized sin doesn't make it right, does not remove it from the bucket list of sin in the sight of God. The world simply plays with our logic. The world simply plays with our ideology. The world, in most cases, works based on democracy. Democracy, they say, is the government of the people, for the people, by the people, for the people. Did I get that right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, they say, so if the majority says it is okay, then it is okay. But that doesn't work with God. God never, God never operates a democratic system. I mean, some people may not like that thought, but that's the reality. 
Because if it is about majority carries the vote, it doesn't work with God like that. So legalizing sin doesn't make it right in the sight of God. Let's, I mean, the story of Genesis 19 is a long read, so if you have time, you can read it. But essentially, I'll pick two areas there. Uh, Genesis 19, the first part, from, beginning, from verse 1 all the way to verse 30, tells the story of Lot. Lot and his household were in Sodom and the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. Then the angels came and said, God has sent them to destroy the land. You know their experience with Abraham and blah, blah, blah. So now the angels came into the city and they entered into the house of Lot. The scripture says that the men of the city, all of them, came out at night and started knocking on the door of Lot's house saying, bring those men out. We want to have sexual relations with them. Hey, not the women of the city, oh. the men of the city saying to Lot, bring those men, those visitors that were in, that came to your house. We want to have uh, sexual relations with them. The only way they could have had that boldness to say that was because that's what they wanted to do must have been legal at that time. Now, the fact that they were operating, and, and, and if you look at it, even Lot, when he came out, he didn't challenge them and say, oh, no, uh, this is against the law. I'm going to report you to the king of the land. No, no, no. He, 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 he knew that, okay, that was more like what was done. If visitors come, visitors have to be like a service the entire men, men folk. They had made it law. God forbid that that's who we'll find ourselves in that kind of situation in today's world, in the mighty name of Jesus. But it was so bad, and God detested it so much, he sent angels to come and destroy the place. So legalizing sin doesn't make it right. It, praise the Lord. And the, the thing about this kind of sins is that when they are not curtailed, this sexual immorality, the impure thoughts, when they are not controlled, when they are not curtailed, it's always creates more problem. Because if you continue in that Genesis 19, after Lot and his family had left Sodom and the city was destroyed, Bible says that Lot's two daughters, because his wife, had, uh, Lot's wife, of course, you know, he turned to the pillar of salt because she looked back. So it was now Lot and his two daughters. Again, impure thoughts started entering into their head. The first daughter said, oh, look, there are no men around here from our tribe or our people. Let us get our father drunk. You can imagine such impure thoughts. Let us get him drunk. Then I will sleep with him so that I would have a child for him and our bloodline will continue. As if God didn't know all of that when that was that there was a need for a bloodline to continue. Let us sleep with him. And she did that the first night. Lot too, Mumu, drank, slept with the daughter, did not know woke up, still did not know. And their plan looked like everything was perfect. The next day, the senior, daughter, the senior sister called the younger one and said, ah, now it's your turn. Let's do the same thing. And they did it again the second time. They got the man drunk. And before you know it, the two of them were pregnant for their father. Incest. When we talk about the different types of sins. Incest. Now, go to verse 37 and 38 or so. The first daughter gave back to a son who was the founding father of the people of Moab that became Moabites. The second daughter 
gave birth to a son who also became a father of people that were now called the Ammonites. Now, go into the history of Israel. What, was Moab, what, what were the Moabites and the Ammonites to the children of Israel? They were a thorn in their flesh. They were the enemies of Israel. You can see, when there's a problem that you don't arrest, it eventually keeps growing and growing and becomes a bigger problem in the future. So it's absolutely important that when we identify these issues, we deal with them as fast as we can. Praise the Lord. We're running out of time. Verse 7 and verse 9. Verse 7 to 9, rather. It says, don't participate in things these people do. For once you are full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. So, in addition to what uh, Pastor Abami talked about last week, he said darkness, darkness. We were all born into darkness. Darkness was in our past, but light has come now in our present. Someone say amen. Light has come now in our presence. It says there, this light produces good and right and is true. What, that, those are the only things that light produces. Those are the only things that can come out of light. Good, right, and true. Other things can't come. Darkness can, can produce good, right, and true. And light, light also cannot produce the fruit of darkness. So it is the ability to, once you have embraced light and you are walking in the light of God, the ability to produce the good, the right, and the true things, they are more like pre-installed. You, you, you can't even uninstall them. They are there by default. We just need to manifest it at its appointed time. Again, when we talk about time, that's what people struggle with. That's what the world struggles with. Abacook, verse 2, uh, 3, says the, the vision awaits an appointed time. Vision, again, is similar to light. It says the vision, the revelation awaits an appointed time. It says, though it tarries, wait, for it will surely come to pass. When you are in a hurry, it can and it will, it will usually lead into darkness. I'll take the, first, uh, the last section, verse 10 to 14. It says, carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. That's what light does. Instead, expose them. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible. The light makes everything visible. This is why it is said, awake, O sleeper. Arise up from the dead and Christ will give you light. Christ is the one that gives light. Christ is the one and once we have that light, the light makes everything visible the light makes everything that darkness is hiding light makes it visible glory be to god so it says there that we should carefully determine what pleases the lord that is our job that's our responsibility we should own that task to carefully determine what pleases the lord and the lord almighty will continue to help us in the mighty name of Jesus. Okay, at this point, 
is the uh, I'm done with the teaching. Uh, so um, if you have any questions, please feel free to. I mean, if you haven't sent the questions in, uh, I mean, about now you may want to quickly uh, send the question in. Okay. All right. Okay. Pastor is here. Good evening, sir. Hola. How are you? Doing good, sir. Doing good. Awesome. Well done. Amazing teaching. Thank you, sir. Okay. So, um, you know, uh, I, I have a question. Can I, can I shoot my question? Shoot. Go ahead. Because yeah, yeah. I know I've already, I'm already overshot my time by five, five minutes and, and 40 seconds. <laughs> That's okay. All right. So, uh, yeah, I have a question. And, um, you know, just th this evening, you, you shared the video with us. And um, I, I mean, I was, a bit, I, was, I was a bit bothered about that. I'm like, ah, ah, you know. Uh, and coincidentally, we were talking about the homosexuality and in the teaching. It was just like as if the video came in, right? And I'm like, okay, so for those that don't know the video, I can talk about it, right? So um, it's not in details. About, a, a, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. So, there's a popular church, a big right. respected church, right. that uh, was openly baptizing gay people, people that op they were open homosexuals. So the church, re well-respected, uh, evangelical, on-fire church. And my, my question is like, ah, ah, how? So what next? Where do we go? Because that is exactly what the teaching of today is talking about. We should not find ourselves embracing such. But again, I'm asking myself. So someone comes to church and says I'm homosexual. Won't we allow him enter? We will allow him enter. Then he says, okay, I want to be baptized. Do we say no because you're homosexual? I don't know. Just ask him. Just in my head, I'm like, ah, ah. What next? Okay. <laughs> Let me ask you: Do you know how many homosexuals you have baptized? Ah, <laughs> it's true. Because if they don't say it, how would I know? <laughs> ah, wait, 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 wait. Let me say this very well. <laughs> ah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so here we have a group of people that are saying they are coming out of the closet. Uh, they are not going to hide their um, lifestyle. Um, and um, then the church has a decision to make. Um, mm. The church has a, has a decision to make. As long as um, it is hidden, is it permissible? Uh, which is why I asked you, do you know how many you have baptized? You know, mm -hmm. uh, okay, now that it's open, is it to be castigated and judged? So the question, <laughs> these are, I mean, serious conversations. Uh, or do, but, we go, do we go and, on, do we go and unbaptize those people <laughs> that did it? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, you know, so... So, but of course, I mean, the, the, um, having a, and the argument would be, okay, 
there are people that are liars and they are they are saved they, they, they accept christ jesus as their lord but they are still lying you know so such a person wants to be baptized those lying disqualify the person from baptism mm. um that is one way to pull at it however i think the key thing here is if someone says i'm a liar i'm a perpetual liar you have to accept me as a liar i can steal your car at any time and say i did not steal it <laughs> you know i can then that becomes an issue of identity so mm. so when identity now comes in which is you are not even saying this is this is something i'm struggling with and i need help i need god to help me mm. you know mm. you are saying god has to accept I'm, I'm enjoying it uh, yeah i'm enjoying where i am let me just leave me yeah so at, at that point you know um the church needs to take a stand and say look we love you as you are god loves you as you are but god loves you too much to leave you the way you are so mm. Mm. hope that helps mm. yes absolutely absolutely it does help you know uh, it does help you're, you're right because uh, I, I i rest it <laughs> i rest it okay um is there any questions online okay there are no questions online okay well done again i mean um god bless you that's okay in jesus name amen sir. Um, amen thank you everybody for joining us for thrive today and um so we're going to pray to round up the service father we thank you as thank we you lord your presence will go with us in the mighty name of jesus the lord bless you and keep you the lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you the lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace every Amen. single day of your life and so shall it be in Amen. jesus mighty name we have prayed Amen. Amen. So, God's favorite house. Let's um, remember that this is a year of lifting. And we are lifted. All the way. Okay. God bless you. <laughs> Jesus. Too. All right, sir. God bless you too, sir. Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you. Tell it in the cause of the